Well, he also smoked a pipe. Okay, sure. Guess what was in the pipe? Oh, it could be anything. Well, it was animal poo. No. Yep. I'm William. I'm Dave. Dave is my pastor. Willie is a hospice chaplain. And we've been friends for more than 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations about things that matter and things that don't. So now we're inviting you to join in. Each week we pull a topic out of the hopper and talk about it. This is the Hopper Podcast. The Hopper Podcast is not professional advice, just two guys spitballing. So do your own research. Uh, Dave, we go to the same church. We do. And you are my pastor. (laughs) And I have been teaching... Uh, in Sunday school, yeah. through the Gospel of John. I love the Gospel of John. Yeah. It is so full of imagery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I am interested interested to see how our class responds when we get to John chapter 8. Uh-huh. And I tell them that John chapter 8 was not written by John. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think that John John chapter 8, I think the entire book was written by the, by the Apostle John. Uh-huh. But I don't think that the story in John chapter eight is. Yeah. What do you think about that? Um, I I tend to agree. Uh, you know yep. that and the end of Mark are both uh, yep. bracketed in most translations, yep. modern translations, as saying that they're a spurious text, that they're not. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're not sure about these. That's right. Um, I was actually asked on the floor of Presbytery when I was, you when know, you were being examined, been examined. to be qualified yes. uh, as a pastor. They in said, our denomination, yeah. yeah. What do you think about the spurious text at the end of Mark? Uh huh. And I said, I don't think it's scriptural. Okay. Uh-huh. Maybe you want to chime in on that. Okay. I said, uh, the reason is because there is a clear motive, uh-huh. and that Mark yeah. ended his gospel so abruptly. Yeah. Yeah. And there have been other ending attempts made in the manuscripts. Yep. Uh-huh. And um, I just think that this somebody. Uh, was uncomfortable. Many yep. apparently, many people were uncomfortable the way it ended, and so they wrote extra yep. little sentences. The longest one is now bracketed in our Bible, but it introduces new theology, like snake handling theology yeah, and things right. that people use for that. And yeah. I just don't think it's scriptural. I think, you know, I knew snake handlers uh, when I was young. Uh, yeah, our my our churches when I was little, we went to a few different churches. We were not snake handlers, uh-huh. but we were somewhat associated with snake yeah. handlers. Yeah, I yeah. knew someone from West Virginia who knew snake uh-huh. snake handling churches yeah. Yeah, and yeah, said yeah. he was he was not down with it. And it so, comes from this. You. It comes from this longer ending. Yeah, of Mark, and which I say has a clear motivation. Yeah, right. Um, right. The, the, some... the gospel ends abruptly, and many people have tried to to write a little closer to it. Yeah. Um, so I don't think this one is scripture. And they said, well, I guess you feel the same way about John eight. And I said, no, I don't. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm with you. I didn't know that that's what you thought, but I'm with you. I wanted to talk a little bit about John eight, which I've studied a lot more than Mark, uh, the end of Mark 16. Yeah. John eight is this beloved story. Everybody loves of, uh, a woman who was caught in adultery, and I, you're going to have to hold me back from preaching here and, and right. teaching because I love this story so much. But um, this woman who's caught in adultery, and she's brought by a bunch of men to Jesus, and they're trying to trap Jesus. What should we do? And he yeah. he ends up saying, whoever was without sin, let him cast the first stone. Right. And uh, and they all leave. A beloved story. A love story. A quoted, beautiful, often wonderful story. story yeah. That I'm pretty sure that John did not write. Yeah. Yeah. The reason I don't think John wrote it is because uh, the grammar is different than any of the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. The style is different. The vocabulary is different. It interrupts the flow of John's story. If mm-hmm. you take that story out completely, 
then the flow of John's narrative fits so much better. Right. Um, the ancient historian Eusebius says that he learned it, learned this story. He recognized also that this was a weird story in the middle of the gospel. Yeah. And he says that he learned it from Papias. Papias was one of the disciples of John, the author. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was also, uh, Papias was a companion of Polycarp. Maybe you know, yep. maybe you know that name, Polycarp. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so, and they all, all the early Christians, they knew the story and they recognized it. They said it was a true story, but they all had this kind of come, where did this come from right. kind of notation when they're talking about it. Yeah. And so it's an independent story from the other, from the four gospels. Mm-hmm. And the early Christians wanted to, they knew that it was not part of any of the four gospels, right. but they wanted to make sure that this story was preserved and passed down to us. Yeah. And, and uh, as such, they wanted it to be recognized as scripture yeah. by everyone in the future. Um, they knew lots and lots of other stories about Jesus, uh-huh. but they didn't want to put those stories into scripture. Yeah. They definitely wanted to put this one there in the very earliest days, yeah. uh, in basically the first and second generation after Jesus. Right, right. Yeah. And so when they asked on the floor why, yeah, I, I, I said similar things. I yeah. said that... Um, there, one, there's no motivation to just put this in there. Right. It doesn't introduce new, new theology. No. It doesn't uh, change anything, but yeah. it is a really a rich, powerful story. Yes. And it was probably left out of the Gospels, and mm-hmm. uh, an early Christian said this, this story's been passed around mm-hmm. uh, orally, mm-hmm. and it, we need to record this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is in brackets for that reason. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. It yep. does. I think all scholars pretty much agree. John did not write this. Yeah. And scholars, uh, uh, theologians disagree about whether we should treat it as scripture. I think that we should, mm-hmm. uh, because the early church, before there was really a what is the New Testament, what's not, they all said this is. Yeah. We can't forget this. We story. can't forget this story. Yeah. And there are many other stories that they said, yeah, they're probably good, but we can forget those. This is one that. We're going to put right in the middle of John's gospel so that yeah. no one ever misses it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. So I have preached on it and I'm happy to do so. And I think mm-hmm. it is part of God's word as a gift for us. God has given it to us, even though John didn't write it. So um, have you ever had a debate with a Catholic? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for about, sure. About this. Not about okay. this. Or just about, um, you know, we. Reformed people. I've had discussions with with uh, Roman Catholic priests, but uh-huh. there haven't been really debates. They, yeah. Our authority is the Bible, of right? course. Yeah, but of course, the Bible was uh, created by yes. the early church. Yes, and so they that's right. they say it was that, recognized. Can I say that? Yeah. Can I? Am I? Uh, yeah. Change my words. That's good. Yes. <laughs> are you, are you, anyway. I'm being serious. Yeah. 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 Fix the, it. The, Fix uh, that statement. Yeah. The the Bible. I would say is was recognized by the early church, right. not created by the early church. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the writings were being done yeah. at that time. Yes. And so the Catholic Church argues that it is the church that gives birth to the scripture. Right, that's right. Therefore, their final authority, they always go back to the church. Mm-hmm. And that's really the fundamental difference yep. between us and, and our Catholic folks. Yeah, that's um, right. They're going to... They're gonna, hold the church traditions, which we say 
Um, probably started out pretty pretty well. We have a number of creeds that we like and we can agree with and match up with the scripture. And then uh-huh. they started to get off. Yeah. So I would say that it's a little bit unfair, I think, depending on what you mean, uh, to say that they hold to church tradition rather than scripture. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Because tradition seems to me to indicate just things that have just kind of grown up and it's just customary. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely not the case. They are far, far more careful with what they say is doctrine than just like, oh, we've just kind of always done it this way. They really do examine things very, very carefully. And if the entire, their theology would say, if the entire church believes for a very long time, so what does entire church mean? But Mm -hmm. okay, for a very, very long time across a long period of time, many generations and languages and cultures, then we can be pretty sure enough to say this is actual doctrine and we and it is as authoritative as the Bible. I think they're wrong about that, but it's not merely tradition or customary. This is what we are just, uh, uh, they, they don't turn that just into doctrine without actually really thinking about it hard. No, I agree with you. What, yeah. uh, so you have, uh, you have theologians in the Middle Ages yeah. um, producing doctrines that had never been clarified, right? namely transubstantiation and others, yep. other indulgences and things like that, yep. that are um, that are way different than scripture. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, according to us. Yes, right? I agree. Um, and so, and from that point on, they caught some, some gravity yep. and somebody, a pope, um, mm-hmm. canonized these ideas. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, in other words, they, in a way, they're adding it to the system of doctrine yes. of their church. Yes. Um, but it, it, it didn't, uh, it came from a theologian's musings. It, uh, initially, that's true. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that is, uh, that's where the church then says, we're going to verify or validate um, what the Bible is saying uh, in, yeah. a, in a way that's different than a creed like the Westminster Confession of Faith. The Westminster Confession of Faith is saying this is the system of doctrine that we believe is taught in the Bible, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But but it's not with the same authority that's right. as the Bible. That's right. Whereas a, a canonized statement of the Catholic that's Church right. does have that authority. That's right. Yeah. I, uh, so I am not a Roman Catholic, and this is one of the key sticking points uh, yeah. for me, one of the ma- massive sticking points for me. Yeah. Um, but I, I just want to to correct, not I don't think what you were intending to say, because I know that you know uh, Roman Catholic uh, theology well, but there's many people who would who think that they're just uh, slippery and just they, they don't really care or so much about. There's not a whole lot that has been canonized. Um, when they do canonize it, it doctrine, it is on the same level as scripture. I think that's a real problem. Right. But it's not like everything that Roman Catholics do or think or whatever or except is all canonized. It's not. I think um, it takes a long time. You're probably what you're picking up on is that most of the Catholics that I have interacted with uh-huh. and probably the people you've been talking to, yeah. um, they don't know what they believe. Yes. They don't know that's what the Bible true, says. That's very they true. They don't actually. know what the what the Catholic Church has that's canonized. Right. That's right. They're largely uh they are traditional in that sense. That's Their family right. handed this that's down right. and they're either disenfranchised with it or they're just kind of hanging on to it loosely or nominal. That's right. And so that's probably where that's coming from. Yeah. Um, But anyway, I brought that up. Yeah. Because uh, this early uh, pericope story Mm -hmm. um, that was added to John, Mm -hmm. and we don't know exactly when, but we know it was early. Yeah. But it was added by whom? With what authority? Right. Right. Yeah. 
Um. Yeah. So we. So what? Right. So the um, what the Roman Catholics would say is that it was uh, the Church added it, and the Church said this is good. Mm-hmm. And we would say something similar, but with a with a nuance that I think makes it substantially different and importantly different. Yeah. Namely, that the church recognized that this is the word of God uh-huh. rather than making it the word of God. Mm-hmm. And it's the Holy Spirit working through the church. And I think we have an emphasis on the Holy Spirit here. It's the Holy Spirit working through the church to recognize that this is scripture. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's... um. When you really talk to a Catholic that knows their stuff, yeah, um, you can get into some really good, deep conversations yes. about stuff like this. Yes, and I hope, and I and I have done that sort of thing. I've had uh-huh. I had one Roman Catholic priest friend, another a fellow chaplain that was interested in talking about this sort of stuff with me to a point. He enjoyed right. learning and understanding. You know. Um, Roman Catholics in America, Americans have really had to learn Protestantism. Um, because that's kind of the what American Christianity is in the same way that I think African-Americans have had to learn what it means to be white because that is the dominant culture in America. Uh, but the reverse is not true. So a lot of Protestants really misunderstand Roman Catholicism in a serious way. Yeah, I mean, a lot of Roman Catholics do too, to be fair. Um, but uh, I've heard a lot of unfair statements from Protestants sure. about Roman Catholic Roman Catholicism and it's it's unfortunate. That is true for any us and them group. I suppose right? that's true, yeah. yeah. And so listening and learning and being careful to not careful not to assume that those stupid people they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, cuz that's just not true. Yeah. Yeah. They're I think they're wrong and they think I'm wrong, but they're not stupid. And yeah. many of them love the Lord Jesus with all their heart. Yes. Hey, um, were you uh, were you present at the sermon where I was talking about um, the water from the rock? I don't think you were there. Maybe not. Uh, anyway, I was. I was. I, I intended to miss that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I was. It was just uh, an illustration. You, you I, just it wasn't go on. A sermon. I'm going to walk out in the other yeah. room here because that. Sure. <laughs> sure. You do that. Uh, I'm. I'm getting tired of your smell anyway. Um, I. Uh, uh, you know, where Moses first, he he strikes the rock yeah. in the wilderness and yeah. water comes out. And yeah. it's a picture. Jesus is the rock. He's yeah. struck and living water pours yeah. out to, to rescue his people. Yeah. Um, you know, he's the living water. Yeah. And then the second time, uh, God told Moses to speak to the rock. Right. And Moses was frustrated with the Israelites and he struck it. Uh-huh. And God corrected him and then punished him. We wouldn't yeah. let him into the promised land That's because right. he... Um, in a way, he had defiled Christ mm-hmm. um, in mm-hmm. that disobedience, in that mm-hmm. Christ is on the cross once, yes. right? Yes. He's struck once, then he's spoken to. That's right. You know, we pray and living water right. pours forth. That's right. And I said briefly, I said, for those of you who are the- theologically astute, uh-huh. I'm not going to talk about this right now, but I just want to put a little tidbit out there. Okay. Um, I think this is an argument against transubstantiation. No, I did not hear that. Because and I left it at that. I and then I had seen com- it. Then I had conversations with people afterwards. Good, good. Um, and uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, transubstantiation, right. Catholic doctrine, right. born 
way, way, way after the scripture was, yes. you know, canonized. Yes, yes. Um, uh, teaches that the body and the blood, um, when it passes over your palate, the bread and the wine become right. physical body and the physical the body, physical body and the physical and blood. blood. Mysteriously, but they actually become the physical body and the yeah. physical blood of Jesus. Yes. And the reformers had um, had beef with that yeah. because it is um, it's a, a, an ongoing sacrifice. Right of the body and blood of Christ yep. who had a once for all sufficient sacrifice yes. for everyone. That's right. Um, Among other reasons that they might have trouble with that, yes. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some other... <laughs> there's several others, but yeah, no, go ahead, go yeah. ahead. Um, and so uh, I think that is similar to Moses striking oh, the see. rock twice. Okay. okay, okay. As opposed to have it was struck once and then it was to be spoken to. Yes. Um, that there there is not an ongoing shedding of the blood Yes. of Christ. It happened yes. in history and we look back to it and remember it. Yes. And he is mysteriously at work in the sacrament. Yes. And he is nourishing us by his Holy Spirit and somehow present therefore. Yes. But not corporally. Yeah. yeah. I I see what you're saying and I think that that application is allegorical, I will say. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And and not I don't mean by that that it is wrong, but it is uh not I would say not conclusive and not a good right. place to base doctrine. Right. Uh, uh, that's th- why that's why it got all of ten seconds. <laughs> but um, and just, hey, that's an if, interesting observation, yeah, and I hadn't thought wanna, about that before. If you but that makes sense. Ponder this. Here's a I little tidbit for you. I see what you're saying. To to soak. I see in. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, we are we are not Roman Catholics, but we uh, there are many Roman Catholics that I have known and loved and um, spent time with and. Uh, especially those who are really faithful to the Lord. and mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, I, I had some neighbors I really deeply appreciated. Absolutely. We had a few theological conversations. They were, I enjoyed them. Yes. It was non-confrontational. And, yeah, uh, and I think that, that uh, it would be good for Protestants and Catholics to work together because there are many, many, many kinds of projects that we... Uh, share in the kingdom of the Lord mm-hmm. um, in terms of pursuing justice and mercy and peace yeah. in our world. And so, John eight, we we agree with them. We have to, totally, but yeah. we have yeah, we have just a slightly different. So we would say it's slightly different. Right. Yeah, they yeah. they love that story. We love that story. We love the Bible. All of us do, and uh, and that story illustrates Jesus in a way that. Uh, who knows? Uh, we, we we haven't put any of our sermons on on this podcast. We probably won't. Yeah. But right. that's I, I love 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 that story. We love to I, I love teaching it. Mm-hmm. But I'll be curious to see what our Sunday school class how they react when I say John didn't write this. Right. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, it'll be fun. This is William with the Hopper Podcast. It seems like most of what I see on TV and social media is all hyper polarized and hyper polarizing. At the Hopper Podcast, we're trying to listen and learn. We're looking for truth wherever it is, even if it makes us look bad. And if that sounds good to you, join us. Tell others about the Hopper Podcast, and we'll all learn together. Willie, I read an interesting article yep. uh, in the Jerusalem Post about a guy named Uncle Haji. Uncle Haji, okay. Uncle he Haji. is known internationally as yeah. the world's dirtiest man. Oh. Have you heard of this guy? I think. I've heard a little bit about this guy. Not he, much. Tell me. He hasn't. He didn't take a bath for sixty years. Yeah, yeah. And so he was uh, ninety-four years old, and he died after his first bath. I heard about that in sixty years. 
I heard about that. Yeah. He died shortly after his bath. He was like growing stuff on him. And yeah, he was. He was uh, so they had some pictures on the internet. Yeah, he was filthy. Of course, he, he yeah. sleeps right on the ground, right in the dirt. Mm. Um, and he just, you know, was just dirt was like packed into his skin, like mm. almost like like clothing of sorts, you know. Yeah. Um, and he now this is the part that that baffles me. Okay. He ate roadkill. What? He was basically okay. like a homeless so guy. So he's not just. Okay, so this is not just a um, situation where the guy's not taking a bath. There's more to his... Uh, he, he thinks, like, cleanliness yeah. uh, weakens the body. Oh, I see. Okay. And he, he thinks that you're supposed to be dirty. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you shouldn't be eating, you know, uh, food that doesn't have your stuff your body needs to fight. Right, right. Um, that's, I believe that's the case. Okay. Uh, anyway, this guy is from Iran. Mm-hmm. Um, he was afraid that if he took a bath, he would get sick from being clean. That yeah. it would harm his health. And as it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy, a guy hadn't bathed in 60 years. He takes a bath in a river and then gets sick and dies. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. He used to uh, trim his beard by burning it. He didn't have like scissors, so he just kind of burn it and then burn. put it out. You know, as it as it burned up towards his oh, face, he pat his beard out. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, would you eat roadkill? I mean, wow. No, definitely not. He uh, he would I eat roadkill? I don't think so. It would have to be pretty fresh. Fresh. If it yeah. was fresh and prepared well, I I'm st- no no wow. no I wouldn't. Well, he also smoked a pipe. Okay, sure. Guess what was in the pipe? Oh, it could be anything. Well, it was animal poo. No. Yep. He smoked. Okay, you're making this up I, now. Well, uh, I am not making this up. Now, the Jerusalem Post may have made this up, but they published it. Okay, so. now that sounds like everything up until what you've said so far, up until this, yeah. he sounds like, okay, he's odd, but not smoking poo out of a pipe? Yeah, animal poo out of a pipe. You know, like, Okay, that. You know, when animal poo dries, you think of like a, a cow manure or something, it burns. Oh, I'm sure it burns, yeah. and I'm sure you can inhale it, but there's I no just way don't that know that's. Why you would want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess we can't ask him now. Yeah, uh, he would sleep, like I said, straight on the ground. Yeah. Um, other times it's cold. He had like a hole, um, and people said it was like a grave-like hole that he would sleep in. Uh, some villagers in Iran built a little shack for the really cold months. Oh my goodness! Um, and he would sleep in that, uh, but he. He really purposed to avoid cleanliness. Wow! And thought it would kill him, and it did. That's the the, the craziness it did of it. Kill yeah. him. Um, probably got pneumonia or something. There's no. got to be a middle ground because I do know people who's who like with their kids, especially little babies or whatever. We're not going to have any germs whatsoever. It's going to be the cleanest yeah, place right. ever. And like they keep getting sick. You're like, why is my kid keep getting sick? Right. I got to double down and make sure everything's clean and yeah. nothing is. It's completely antiseptic world. And but my kid keeps getting sick. Yeah. And like okay, so we know that that is not good. But yeah, you, you got to build up your immunity. You got to fight something. There's got to yeah. be a lot. There, there's a theory yeah. that a lot of the autoimmune diseases we have today are because we're, we're not fighting off parasites Indeed. and that's right. Know, that's right. Our body's like, what are we going to what are we going to battle here? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. I think there's no way to know that for sure, but right. I understand the concept and it yeah. may be true. Uh, but there's got to be a, a good middle ground between that and smoking poo out of a pipe. Yeah, yeah, and eating roadkill <laughs> and eating roadkill and just mm. never taking a bath and sleeping in a grave. Well, yeah. 
wow. sleeping in a hole in the ground. And okay, there's and something. Ninety four years old. He made it though. Ninety four. I didn't realize yep. it, a lot of you people don't make that. it to ninety four. That okay. Well, yeah. you know, but at what cost? Well, yeah, I'm sure he didn't smell so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I wonder if there's anything there about just a, uh, uh, you know, there's a there's a new diet trend out there, the car- carnivorous diet. Um, okay. You know, you've heard of paleo diet, right? Sure, sure, if, sure, yeah. If we were like hunters, gatherers, yeah. uh, and not so farmers, and, and all our grains are, are um, causing illnesses, sure. that's one of the theories out yep, there, yep, right? Yep. Um, and that could be from genetically modified organisms it could be uh you know roundup it could Who be knows, yeah. yeah all these all these different theories but the paleo diet is like hey what what would we have eaten if you know 10,000 years ago yeah right um you know berries nuts things that we could gather and yeah. and and a lot of meat meat yeah and uh, uh there are some currently mental health professionals saying meat is really really good for your brain yeah um uh meat can be bad for you in other ways uh-huh. it can be a carcinogen and all that um and cause some other problems mm-hmm. but that the, the the diet debate keeps on raging you know yeah. it changes all the time uh, yeah but. i i look at that and i say if if uh if i eat what my ancestors going back 10 20 30,000 years ago ate i shouldn't expect to have the kind of health that they had unless i'm actually doing the work that they did yeah if they ate a lot of meat it's because they ran it down and hunted it, and okay, I'm sitting in a car. I'm sure in an the exercise has something to do with yeah, it. Yeah, for but, sure. Yeah, so yeah, you should look up a a, a few TED talks or some uh, internet research on this this diet and tell a me what you think. Carnivorous diet. Yeah, I think we we could we could throw that in the hopper is and that, make it a topic. Is that the the so they only eat meat? Uh, yeah, you eat meat for a, a term, you know. So you, you eat it for three months or something. Yeah. Um, Joe Rogan did this. Oh, okay. Um, he ate it uh, two two steaks a day basically. Yeah. Oh, that wow. was all he ate. Wow. Said he felt great, lost weight, and had mental clarity. Um, but, uh, okay. yeah, so anyway, we can throw that in the hopper or not. I don't care. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I just wonder. Maybe. Yeah, you know, this guy, and, and of course, anyway, let's be scientific. This is a sample size of one. Of one, yes. Which, which means nothing. Right? I'll tell you, if there was a sample size of 100,000, I don't think that'd be smoking poo. <laughs> or, or eating roadkill. Or, or eating roadkill. laying kill. in a ditch all night. Yeah, yeah. that's... Uh, hmm. Yeah, fascinating guy, though, huh? For sure. For sure. There you go. He reminds me of you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've got bonus episodes for you. You've asked for them, we got them. Yep, more Hopper goodness. Bonus episodes are only for our Patreon subscribers. We're a little bit freer to tell stories we really don't want out there in the public. It's kind of like Hopper Podcast After Dark. Ooh. Like that time that we went to see the Rock Hard Willie Band. Yeah, but you've said too much. Okay. Well, listen, it's easy. Just touch or swipe on the cover art of the Hopper Podcast on your podcasting app. Go there and find the show notes. Follow that link. And sign up to give us a little bit of money each month, like $5, 10 $20. At any level, you're going to get immediate access to all of our bonus episodes, and we'll also send you a special link to a new private podcast feed, and you will get all the bonus episodes on your phone automatically. We love our Patreon supporters, and we treat them right. So if you want to hear about Willie's Dirty Laundry, oh, come on. sign on up. You know who you are. Thanks so much for your support. You can become a Hopper Podcast Insider today. Uh, Willie, I have read two different articles briefly. Yep. Um, but I was surprised to have read two of them mm-hmm. about William Shatner 
going up into space for reals. I've heard about that. Yeah. yeah. So he went up on on the Blue Origin, you know, uh, with the rich folk. Okay. And took a little trip in space, and he said it felt like he was at a funeral, and all he felt was intense sadness. What? Yeah, because you know he's you're away from the Earth. Yeah, sure. You, the Earth becomes a blue sphere that, can, yeah. that looks like there's life and vitality in space. It's home. He and said is so abysmally dark and empty, and he felt overwhelming grief. Mm. Um, and he he wrote about it. He talked about it, and then mm-hmm. other people have since said the same thing. Mm. Uh, a couple other folks who went up in Blue Origin's 20th trip. These are uh, folks named the Hegels, 73, mm-hmm. two of six passengers. Uh, this is, of course, Bezos Space Program. Um, and they came back saying the same thing. They were they were crying. They were upset. Mm. Um, they said it's like you, you passed this, this wall and it's like the light is gone and then there's darkness and it's, it's, mm. it's empty. It's abysmal. Uh, cold, dark, black emptiness, they say, where at, you look at the earth and it's like, that's, that's the place to be. Wow. And so it had this existential, overwhelming sense of sadness. Mm. Uh, what do you think about that? You know, uh, it surprised me when you first said it, but as I have been thinking about it, that ma- actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It, there's, there's a sense of adventure for some people. I remember, the fr- I remember hearing about uh, astronauts who went up into space early on when they took those famous first pictures of, mm-hmm. like, here's the entire uh, Earth. And, and the emotional response of there's, everybody's fighting this, this, uh, you know, the wars and stuff. And they're right. saying, uh, and then when they published the pictures, people had this, which had never been published before. No one uh-huh. had ever seen that before. That was before you and I, you know, were looking at, at, uh, uh, you know, textbooks like that. Yeah. But I remember people saying that the people who took the pictures, as well as those who saw them for the first time, that, uh, wow, the perspective on this changes everything. And we, we are one world yeah. and we need to be working together to put aside our petty mm-hmm. differences and that kind of like what are we here for what is going on those kind of existential things yeah goes back to those very early astronauts so now you're talking about people who are up in space yeah uh there's an adventure but also wait a second i'm leaving home the more i think about that yeah they, it does make sense they I, call this the overview effect okay um and it's just this idea of of the emptiness and the sadness, but also, like you say, when they return to Earth, they have an overwhelming sense of responsibility mm. to take care of the planet, to take care of humanity. Interesting, yeah. The overview, like the, the big picture. This is, Let me see the Earth from space and say, this is this beautiful God-given yes. orb yes. where life takes place. It doesn't yes. take place out here anywhere that we know of. Right. It's nowhere else. Yeah. It's right here. And why would we? Why? Why would you go somewhere else? Therefore, yeah. You know? and Interesting. I, I feel the same way uh, with with like the ocean. Mm. Um, there's some people who love the sea, mm-hmm. and you know, I, mm-hmm. I'm not a fan. I've been on cruises, and um, I was not only sick from the motion, but you look out, and all you see is water, mm-hmm. and it feels so lonely and empty. And mm. you know, there's stuff in the water, but most of the stuff activity in the water is by the shore and mm-hmm. by reefs. And mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah, out in the open ocean, there's not a lot there's happening. Not much. Yeah. It's just a huge amount of water. Yeah. 
And I, it just seems so isolating to me. Yeah. And I don't understand why people enjoy it. I've heard people say the same thing about Scotland or uh, places like that. You know, I've spent time in Scotland hiking yeah. and uh, doing other things. And, yeah. Yeah. and you know, the, the mountains, the hills, it's so isolating. Hardly anyone there. It's gray and overcast. I get that part. Yeah. You know, the gray and overcast, rainy kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. But the lack of trees mm. on, the, on all the mountains and hills, mm. there's a beauty to it. Mm-hmm. But for some people, they feel horribly lonely. Mm. You know, like we're civilization. We're, where are other people? We're social creatures. Mm-hmm. But space has got to be the worst, right? Yeah. Just the blackness, the emptiness, the, you know, yes. the, the void, the, the lifelessness. The, yes. If I get out of this suit, I'm gone. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and and the, the idea of like colonizing Mars or something. Yeah. Talk about mental health <laughs> problems. Mm. Did you ever see the movie Gravity? I did. Sandra Bullock. Yes. Uh, it reminds yeah. me of that. And Yeah. And I, she started going nuts a little bit there. It was a little bit, I don't know. I I, I can't recommend the movie, I guess. It, it's a fine movie. It's a fine yeah. movie. A little bit too schmaltzy. For okay. My, gotcha. But, but it was exactly, it was trying to make this point, and I thought it was like a little heavy-handed. That's why I didn't like it so much. Yeah. But the point is, and I, I thought it was a great point, I just was hoping for more story, more character right. development, whatever. Right. But there is a great point, the gravity. So she's like spun out all by herself or whatever. Right. And like the gravity is toward earth, literally, but the story was really about the figuratively drawn toward earth and then also drawn toward another person mm-hmm. and people in general right. that our lives are orbiting around each other and we have this gravity to come back to each other and to our homeland. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm not sure that I, uh, yeah, it's, it's a fine movie. If you haven't seen it, it's worth seeing and that's you, that's what you're going to find. Yeah. But the point is, I think, beautiful. Yeah. I think it's exactly right. Like uh, sea turtles and salmon returning to the place of their, yeah. their spawning or birth. And, and our place is not, I don't mean it at all, like where I was, you know, no, I know. where I was born, I'm just whatever. just adding, uh, adding to that. Yes. Yeah. But it is, it is people. God, God has yep. made us to be with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I, I suppose some people are are comfortable in a place where there's uh, not a whole lot of people. People, sure. you know, they're rural folks who are like, okay. yeah. but even there, like going to church or going to community events or to the or just the fact that life is all around you and life, it, yeah, there's yeah. grass and trees, and you know, if you're in yeah. a city, there are people everywhere and, and totally. pigeons, and you yeah. know, all around you, there's life. Yeah, you you're out in the country, there are bugs and yeah. birds, and you know, like. There's life all around you, but particularly people. Yes. Yeah. And then when you go into space, I can see I, it's not. Uh, I wasn't thinking about this to begin with. It sounds adventurous to me, but when you say that people generally have a sense of sadness mm-hmm. and grief, yeah, okay, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that because there is no life. It is all over there, yeah. and it's far, far, far. They're, away. they're reporting an overwhelming sense yeah. of sadness and grief. Yeah. 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 When I have gone uh, overseas to do uh, mission work in very uh, poor, poor, poor areas Mm -hmm. and then come back to the United States, I definitely have a sense, um, honestly, not for as long as I would like, but I have a sense of I'm grateful for what I have and I want to help others or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I I can imagine it's even more so when you are so far removed from all of life and everything is dead, there is absolutely nothing, not even light. 
and then you come back and like, okay, I have a, res- I have to, I'm overwhelmed by my responsibility to take care of this place. Right. And the people in my influence. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fascinating to think about in terms of, uh, you know, this whole, this whole project is like Jeff Bezos saying, uh, how am I going to spend all this money? Yeah, right. You know, it's going to have to be space exploration. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then these rich folks going up in the space and coming back, yeah. Uh, yeah. I would love to see them get really serious mm-hmm. with all that money mm-hmm. about humanity. Because, you know, when, when the first uh, Blue Origin went up, people said, oh, this, this could have fed this mm-hmm. number of people. I remember some of the numbers. I don't remember what they were, but there was a lot of criticism that yeah, sure. this little venture into space could have done a whole, whole lot of good yeah. instead of a few entitled people getting to go into space. But if they come back and they end up doing a whole lot of good, it's kind of like short-term mission trips. A little bit, a little yeah. bit. It depends on how much good they do, especially, but you're talking exactly. about like really, really mm-hmm. um, wealthy people that have incredible ability to do good. And so yeah. that's helpful. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm with you. I think that there's got to be a balance and I don't know exactly where it is right. because uh, adventure like that is a part of human spirit yeah. for sure. And we need to go on adventures yep. and that inspires people. You can't just live without adventure. I think that God uh-huh. has put, uh, you know, mythos in our hearts. Um, on the other hand, yeah, for people to just like, I don't know what to do with my money. So I'm going to, uh, book a, a flight to space and see mm-hmm. what that's like. That seems, yeah, I, uh, Terrible, terrible. Superfluous. But, yeah, uh, like short-term missions, you know, they they, doesn't really help people. It doesn't help people. That's right. 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 We need to put that in the hopper because there are still a lot of short-term missions going on. And I think people people don't quite understand why, what good they are. Uh And I think some even mission agencies don't realize what good they are. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. We need to put that in the hopper. They are good. I I agree. They change people. I agree. um, Who go. Yes. People who go. Yeah. There, there can be a, there can be a life change. It's it's change yeah. for the people who go. Yeah, and very rarely there are exceptions, but there are, very, yeah. uh, the people who are in the country that they're going to are generally not helped. Well, it, and sometimes and, hurt. Yeah, I say, and oftentimes it can be, and often yeah. they are hurt. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you got to be thoughtful about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One exception is medical missions uh-huh. in particular places, yeah. not anywhere, but in particular places. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can throw that in the hopper. Let's throw that in the hopper, yeah. Yep. Cool. All right. So you're going to go to space anytime soon? I probably will not. You know, I yeah. saw an advertisement um, that I thought was hilarious for um, when this happened. I saw a headline that said, uh, uh, William Shatner, star of Boston Legal, goes to space. <laughs> they, they missed the Star Trek thing, huh? They, they I mean, completely missed Whoever grief. did it yeah. completely missed the <laughs> Star like, Trek who thing. Who is this guy Shatner? Oh, you know, he's Boston? a star of Boston legal. <laughs> We're getting old, I guess. I mean, yeah. If you don't know Star Trek and you couldn't make it that uh, Why in, comparison. No, sorry, he is still. Something's off. Uh, I, I, I haven't been to his Wikipedia page. Why would I? I, I and I won't go. Well, I, I I might, but there's no reason for me to go. It's got to be the number one thing is that he's he's Star Captain Trek, Kirk. Yeah, Captain Kirk. Uh, 
I mean, it's, it's not just because we're old. Everybody knows he's Captain yeah. Kirk. But no, this, uh, you know, I'll bet it was on like a, there's probably a network issue, CBS and NBC and Fox. Uh-huh. I don't know who had right. that. Right. Right. So right. they're going to say, no, we can't advertise Star Trek. We're not getting any money out of that. we got to advertise Boston Legal. Right. Or they might hate Star Trek like you. And, and you know, <laughs> as far as going to his website. What do you mean I hate Star Trek? Hell no, we won't go. <laughs> I like Star Trek a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm just teasing you because you you refuse to go to his Wikipedia page for some reason. Well, just because I don't have... Yeah, I... Who's got the time for I'm that? I'm not refusing. I just don't have any particular reason. I could look it up right now, but I don't want to. I just right. because I already know. Right. No, I see. Here's the thing. I love him so much. I know everything that's on there. I wrote oh. it. I wrote it. Barf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, boy. I have no interest in space. I have no interest in the sea as far as like sailing and. Um, okay. Yeah, but I would. Uh, I still want to get to Scotland. You still want to get to Scotland? Yeah. You want to live there? I wouldn't mind living there a little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder how the winter would treat me. It gets really dark and cold, cold and rainy, and miserable. And uh, but you know that there that's, is a, there that's... is definitely a loneliness when I was out hiking by myself. Uh, you know, up up a, mm-hmm. a mountain. There's no trees, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'm just trying to get to a good vantage point. And there's I could just keep on going and going and going, and I don't see a single soul anywhere. People die of exposure up there. By the way, you, mm-hmm. you, you can't get uh, you know carried away. But um, in short doses. There's something really amazing oh, about it. Short doses, yeah. I'm all about it. It's just like totally. a like a like a mental and spiritual retreat yeah. of sorts, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and adventure. You can you can just go anywhere over there. Uh, you don't even know whose land it is. You don't have to worry about that. Here in you know in America, you can get shot or something. Yeah. Some crazy man coming out with the shot. Get off my property. Yeah. Over there, you can just you just go. It's a different laws. Yeah. 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 So it does definitely has a spirit of adventure. Mm-hmm. listening to the Hopper Podcast. You made it to the end of this week's episode. Congratulations. You must have a terrible sense of humor. That's absolutely true. To claim your prize, write to us at thehopperpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 214-267-9287. Join us next time when we will discuss the worst case of allergies ever. My goodness. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and join our Facebook group for more Hopper goodness. The Hopper Podcast is sponsored this week by Daisy Dukes, the shorts for insecure girls. Yeah. You don't need all that attention, girls. Indeed. It's not good attention. Yeah. You never watched uh, much of Arrested Development. I didn't, but there was a guy there with Daisy Dukes. Right, there was. I'm not talking about that, but yeah, yeah. This, that that was a guy, a character who was uh, never nude, and he wore Daisy Dukes yeah. as underwear and never took them off even in the shower. Mm. But there was, uh, there's, they have another, basically, what what's the, um, uh, Spring Break topless girls videos, girls gone wild, girls gone wild. Yeah. So it's a takeoff of that, but it was called Girls with Low Self Esteem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> girls with Low Self Esteem. That Poor was the name things. of the videos. Yeah. Were, All right, man. I mean, just really on the nose. It was yeah. it was terrific.